Hey, welcome to the Aglow Muskegon podcast. We're glad you're tuning in. You might be on Facebook Live or you might be listening tomorrow when it's uploaded to iTunes, but we're glad that you could make it. This is where we're going to be telling the stories of real people in real situations and how God brought them through. Um, I wanted to tell you that you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app or you can go to www.aglowmuskegon.org slash podcast and tune in there. So today I'm really excited to be talking to our guest but before I introduce her to you I wanted to let you know Aglow Muskegon has some great things coming up so put on your calendar Women of the Bible. I think this is our eighth or ninth year a Glow Muskegon team, are you here? Can you tell me whether that's the eighth or the ninth year? Well, it's going to be fabulous. Six Monday nights starting on September 9th, and we're going to be meeting at Central Assembly of God, and we're going to present dramatic presentations of characters from the Bible. And then we are going to study them, and we're going to apply the truth from those women's lives to our own. It's been a fabulous season. Uh, every year, we have hundreds of women that come out for Women of the Bible, and you may have heard of it, but we sure hope you want to come and join us in Muskegon at Central Assembly starting September 9th. Hey, if you want more information about Women of the Bible, you can also go to aglowmuskegon.org and find out about that there. We want to thank our sponsor for tonight's podcast. This is episode two. Our episode two sponsored is uh, Pampered Auto. Pampered Auto is a full-service auto detailing, and they are proud to be supporting the work of Aglomuskegon, and we just want to thank them for contributing to this podcast. So, with that being said, now we get to get to the fun part, because I'm here with my friend, Anne-Marie Pale. Hi. Hi. Now we can just sit and chat like <laughs> right. we're having lunch. Eight years, by the way. Women's of the Bible, See, eight she's years. She's not even on the leadership team, and she was more prepared. Oh, I had hints. Don't. <laughs> oh, hints. Yes. The, yes. the team. The team. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I've been, and it's been a really great, great experience. Yeah. Just women from all different kinds of churches and all different ways and times in their lives yeah. to getting together. It's been really cool. And we're we're hard at work right now, just putting together. We work all year long at putting together these six presentations. You know what? It just occurred to me, my friend. Hmm. We've never sucked you in yeah. to do <laughs> one of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know nothing. It's fun. It's good. Conversation for another time. There you go. <laughs> but I wanted to let you know that uh, my friend Anne-Marie Pale is a credentialed minister with the Assemblies of God. She is a very much in demand speaker at local <laughs> churches all around or all around Muskegon and uh, Michigan yeah. and a conference speaker mm -hmm. as well. She is the mother of three and the grandmother of two. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it by looking mm -hmm. at her, but she's what do you call you call yourself? Nana. I'm Nana. I, I was going to be Nana. Anything that they could say before Papa, I just wanted to win that and have them say my Easier name first. Say. Yes. Yeah. It ended up to be Nani because it rhymes with Mommy, and I'll take it. Oh, that's yeah. precious. Yeah. Well, we've known each other mm. for maybe 25 years. I was I think thinking so. about that today. Mm -hmm. And um, we've gone to church together, mm -hmm. and our families are yeah. good friends. Yes. Your parents and my yes. in-laws are bosom friends. Yes. So yes. you've been in my life a long time, and I've heard a little bit about <laughs> your story through yeah. that. Mm -hmm. 
But you do have a story. I do. So I know it a little bit. Sure. But why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about it? So I have probably a few stories. <laughs> but the story we're going to talk about tonight is um, when I was 15, I was pregnant in, in high school. And um, church girl raised in a really loving, supportive home and uh, totally well, took everybody by surprise, which <laughs> I know that that doesn't always seem that way, but um, I uh, made the decision to release for adoption, and I, got, I named him Eric. That's not his name now. At that time in Michigan, uh, open adoptions weren't legal, so it's a closed adoption. I went through Bethany Christian Services. I would highly recommend them for anybody in that situation, um, for sure, and um, so I don't know where Eric is now um, but my records in Lansing are open he can find out if and when he's he's ready to um, he is 31 years old now 31 yeah yeah so it, oh it's been a word. while <laughs> so yeah uh, that's and, right because he would have been older than your other kids yes this was he was yes. 15 years old yeah mm -hmm. oh. yeah so, um, yeah. Don't do the math. If you yeah, don't, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's, uh, that's the beginning part of my story. Okay. So, you said young girl, yeah. raised in church, mm -hmm. very conservative mm -hmm. Christian parents. Sure, sure. How did they react yeah. to the well, situation? Um, sometimes I think that when we think about uh, girls in that situation, we don't always think about all of the, or a lot of the hard parts of that. One of the hard things is having to tell your parents. Yeah, and uh, I, God really moved in that situation. And, and I, I'm not one to really over-spiritualize a lot of things, but there's no other explanation for how it happened than a God thing. I was at church. Um, I don't even remember what the message was. There was an altar call at the end, and I went forward, which wasn't unusual necessarily, but when I was up there, I just started crying. At this point, I don't even know. I don't even know that I'm pregnant. And so... Um, but wait, you didn't know? I didn't know, no. But you suspected? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't... Um, that's not why I was crying. I wasn't crying because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. I think I was just crying because I felt so guilty. You know, I, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Mm. But um, you talked about family ties, so I call your mother-in-law my other mother. And um, everybody jokes that when I was growing up as a teenager, I needed as many other mothers as I could get because mm. I was a handful. And uh, your mom, your mother-in-law came up and she just was praying with me for a minute and uh, I sat up and she said, Anne Marie, um, is there something you want to tell me? And I said, I think I'm pregnant. And I, I'm just telling you, I, I don't always believe it when I say it, but I did not have any thought of that in my head before I said it out oh. loud. And so I really think that that, that was a, just a God thing because then it's out there now now we need to find out now we need to know now we you know now it's a thing <laughs> you were you were so naive you weren't even quite sure how all that stuff worked yeah. if i remember correctly it, from yeah. and i i understand that it's hard to believe that but this was a long time ago in a land far far away <laughs> and um 
But, you know, she said to me, no matter what, we will get through this. And I will be here for you, but we need to tell your parents. And, and my parents were there at church. My sister was there. My sister will tell you. She said, I didn't know what was going on, but my sister was up front. She was crying, and I knew something was wrong. <laughs> you know, kind of. She was, so she's younger than I am. And um, so um, Mrs. E went and got my mom and dad, and they came down. And she said, Anne-Marie has something important she needs to tell you. And I cannot imagine now, as a parent myself, sitting there thinking, what is going on? You know, what's mm-hmm. about to happen? And um, so I told them, I said, um, well, let me, let me just back up for a minute, because my dad and I were super close. And so as she was getting my parents, I was thinking, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> I, so you thought your mom was going to... I thought that my mom would be mad, mm-hmm. and it, we didn't get along very well. We didn't. We had a hard time communicating with each other, and I thought my dad would put his arm around me and say, it'll be okay, honey, and the opposite happened. Not like you would think, but in my mind, that's mm-hmm. what happened. My mom put her arm around me, and she said, honey, we will get through this. Your We're here sister. for you. We'll get through this. My dad got up and walked away, and you thought, and I thought he was mad at me. What I didn't know at the time, and it still just breaks my heart to yeah. think of what my parents were going through for that, but is that he was very upset with um, with the gentleman in the picture, <laughs> as any dad would be. And so he kind of stormed out, and our, our pastor followed him out, and my heart just broke because I thought that, that he was mad at me. And uh, so... We um, we went home. I don't I don't really remember. I don't think there was Just a yeah. Before you go, go ahead, on, you thought <laughs> I, I'm I'm talking about um, relationships. Sure. And you said how close you and your dad mm-hmm. were, mm-hmm. and your thought that at the revelation of yeah. this major disappointment, yes, that yeah. this relationship was going to be changed forever. Yeah. Like, my dad would always talk about a clean slate, and because um, I would want to, you know, do things different and try to do things different, and and that wouldn't always happen. And so he um, he would always talk about a clean slate, and I thought I have finally um, disappointed him enough that that this isn't going to work anymore, you know, kind of thing. But. Um, I am very happy to report that was not the case, <laughs> you know, and um, and somebody yeah. stopped him before he went. And yes, <laughs> definitely committed so, murder. Yes, right. So that was a good yeah. thing, but um, yeah, and and you know, looking back at that now, too, I can see God's example even through that. There isn't anything that can separate you from Him. There isn't anything that can separate me from. A, a parent's love for their child, or God's love for us, you know. And and when the going gets tough, the the parent that you thought was harsh and critical, oh, was the one. Yeah, it. And it was going to bear you up and just. It was love a you it. a changer for my mom and I's relationship for sure because, um, you know, when somebody stands by you through something that can be seen. Um, and critiqued through a lot of people's eyes on how are you going to handle this and, and um, 
everybody has their opinion on how it should go. <laughs> you know, we, uh, our, my church was very, very supportive and very loving, very um, helpful and encouraging. Go ahead. So the church came to know about it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. I'm, uh, I'm very glad that it wasn't a, we need to cover this up and hide this. We need to deal with why this happened and just the emotional of, of who am I. And uh, it can be hard to think of yourself um, as forgiven when something so obvious happens. You know, all of us have stuff. All of us have issues. All of us have things that we um, struggle with or or have to work on. Um, and most of us don't know what each other's stuff is. But when you're pregnant and a teenager, everybody knows it. <laughs> There's no hiding it. <laughs> so in order to not have whispers and mm -hmm. talk, mm -hmm. you did something remarkable. Well, uh, it didn't feel real remarkable at the time, <laughs> but... Um, and, was, and was it your choice, or was this suggested to you? It was or? suggested, but okay. I, I was glad for the opportunity to be able to explain, um, explain the adoption and explain that God had forgiven me. I mean, if I hadn't had an opportunity to tell my church family... You actually stood mm -hmm. in front of the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, made a public confession. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that that needs to be done whenever anybody makes a mistake or, yeah. or no. has a sin issue in mm -hmm. their life, but you did that, and it was a very brave thing, and it is still talked about today as something that was a game changer in terms of it was all out in the open. Mm -hmm. We dealt with it, and so instead of saying she's the one, you know, no, mm -hmm. you know, she's yeah. having a baby out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew. Yeah. Then it's like we're going to stand behind you. We're going to mm -hmm. show you that grace yes. and that love and that forgiveness. Yeah. And and I think that was important. I, I like you said. I don't know that it's there's just this step by step. Here's what you have to do. I think no. it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was a real opportunity. And I think for the church family too, for us to be able to see God move in a situation like that anyway, like, like, I don't know that there would have been the opportunity for me to feel the forgiveness of the con yeah. congregation or for them to hear my heart in asking. I mean, they, they're my family. They're my friends. I wanted them to know that I was sorry. And and so I was I was grateful for that opportunity. So at 15, you I'm, mm -hmm. I'm assuming together with your parents made the choice mm -hmm. that you were going to Adopt. not only carry this baby to term and yes. thank you for that mm -hmm. by the way because mm -hmm. I know that there could have been another choice made mm -hmm. and um, I know that some people listening might have been in your situation mm -hmm. and might even have made a different choice. Sure. Mm -hmm. But you're here to say what? Well, um, if you have an opportunity to make a choice between uh, releasing for adoption or uh, not, then I would strongly, <laughs> I would strongly recommend to uh, to adopt. Mm -hmm. Not even, um, I don't know. I I guess 
I can tell you why I chose that. And um, it just made sense to me when I talk about it at the time. And, and I don't ever want to make anybody feel bad for not choosing like, like I do, but I want to um, be able to tell why I chose the way I did too. So yeah. I was thinking about, you know, uh, my, my parents were very, listen, if you want to keep this baby, then we will be here to help you. We will, you can finish school. We'll, you know, whatever. I, I didn't feel any pressure like, what are we going to do with this baby? That, that wasn't ever the situation. And, um, but when I think about how important my parents are to me, in my life, and a mom and a dad, and uh, Eric wouldn't have a mom and a dad, and uh, was talking with a, a group of teenage girls one time, and, and I think this is probably the the best explanation for how I felt. I wanted to be able to see him walk. I wanted to hear him talk for the first time, and Everybody loves, you know, I want to know what he's going to look like. and um, But those things, sorry, those all start with I. Yeah. And it's not really about what I want. It's about what's best for them. And I thought I, have, I can give them a mom and a dad. And I want to do that. So that's how I made my decision mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. To all those people who might have said, oh, I could never give up my own flesh yeah. and blood. And I know you heard some of those comments. Mm -hmm. I don't think people mean to be um, hurtful when they say that. But I don't mean to be hurtful when I say it's not about me either. You know, I, it's, um, I don't know, I just, I would have probably, I know, not even probably, I would have felt worse and more selfish having kept Eric than having given him up for adoption. Little aside, you gave him the name Eric. I did. That's another family connection, it isn't is. it? It is. It is. I have some, um, actually your brother-in-law, but some very dear friends of ours that, again, um, I talked about extra moms. Uh, Lisa is my extra sister, <laughs> my my big sister, and um, her and her husband, Eric, um, We I named him after Eric. Hendrick. Yes, mm -hmm. you spent a lot of time with them yes. in this interim period. Yes. Too. Yep. So why don't you tell me, I, I, mm -hmm. all said and done, mm -hmm. you know, yes. you went on and yep. uh, there was it, a past, you know, but. Yes. And I, I think that's part of the, um, the desire to share my story because it doesn't just stop there. I think that so many things I learned through the story and, and just watching God move in my life, this God has a hope and a future for all of us. And we can feel like we have royally screwed that up and messed that up. And he never gives up and he never leaves. And he is always there. And, you know, um, being forgiven is, and it's priceless. <laughs> um, I don't have to walk around 
or feel like, you know, that's Anne. She's the one who had the baby at 15. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not who I am. That's something that I went through. I still, you know, I, I think people sometimes um, forget there's, there is always consequences for sin, forgiven or not. And those consequences aren't always quick and done. Um, you know, there are ongoing things that because of choices that I made before, even as forgiven, are more difficult than maybe would be. Or situations like I had to tell my kids that they had a sibling. How did, how did your family members react, your future husband? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, when I met my husband, I, I think it was probably our second date that I, I told him um, about Eric, and I, by that time, was feeling like, you know what, I'm just going to let him know right up front, and if that's a deal breaker for him, then that's all right, mm -hmm. because when who you are doesn't depend on anything but who, what Jesus says you are, then what someone else says you are, it doesn't, if it doesn't match up, it's all right. You know, I'm not saying that very well, but I didn't have to rely so much on what other people thought mm -hmm. about me when I knew who I was in Jesus. That's a, an aglow teaching, and it's, it's so spectacular. And we try to identify ourselves with how we are known in heaven. How does Jesus see us? Mm -hmm. So yeah. in heaven, mm -hmm. you're known as this marvelously empathetic person who's interested in the lives mm -hmm. of other people. Mm -hmm. You draw them out. Mm -hmm. You ask pertinent questions because you're genuinely interested. Mm -hmm. And you're not defined anymore by mm -hmm. the girl who got yeah. pregnant out of right. wedlock at right. 15. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the things. I mean, I introduced you. Mm -hmm. You are a credentialed minister mm -hmm. of the gospel. You I don't are think a, anybody in my family can believe that one. <laughs> well, even Jesus wasn't heard in Nazareth, that's right? right? That's right. <laughs> um, I mean, look at you now. Mm -hmm. You even wow. had an opportunity to serve on, serve on staff mm -hmm. as a pastor at the church sure. where this all took place. Sure. That was, that was very... Um, a very, I was very thankful for that opportunity to be able, we had moved away from the area and to be able to come back and just be able to pour into a place that poured in so much into my life. And, and you know, I, th I think it goes to, to um, just, you know, nobody, when somebody's talking about, hey, look at you now, you know, and, and that can be kind of uh, embarrassing. But on the other side of it, I feel like, it's, it's easy for me to see that it's not because of me. We all know what mm. Anne's capable of on her own, <laughs> you know, kind of thing that it's because of Jesus and because of his relationship and, and with me being able to trust him and to have hope in, from him that makes it like... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just makes it wonderful. <laughs> How did your kids react to knowing oh. that there's another sibling out there someplace? So, yeah, so uh, that's kind of funny and, and kind of, uh, I told them um, about the time. So Robin would have been about 13. She's my oldest. 
um, when we told her because at that time then Eric would have been turning, uh, well maybe she was about 14, he would have been old enough to um, decide to find me Contact on his own if he wanted to. Yes, okay. yeah, and so I didn't want him to show up and I do want him to show up. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to meet him. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't want him to show up with my kids being surprised, like, how come you never told us this, you know, kind of thing. And so Robin, she, at the, because it's just that age, she wanted everybody to know that she had an older brother. <laughs> and I told her, I said, that's fine. This isn't something we're trying to hide. But um, we maybe want to do that when we have time to explain why your older brother isn't living with us right now or where is he, you know, kind of thing. And, and Zach just thought it was an awesome, uh, you know, awesome thing. And Andrew was, was too little to uh, have any. So they, they did really well with it. I think they were kind of excited about it. And um, they still, I think, um, they would love to meet him. So, yeah. <laughs> Our trials we turn into testimonies. Yes. I mean, yeah. you were able to have some teachable moments with your kids, I'm sure, Definitely. over yeah. that. And we talked about you would love to have oh, him show up on your doorstep. I would. I would. We've <laughs> talked about this and talked about this. And it, it's, I, I want to tell you, I, I told you mm -hmm. I've been laying awake yeah. thinking about this conversation we were going to have. But I also had a dream the other night. And one of my favorite TV shows is the one called Long Lost Family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just sit there in awe and wonder when these families are reunited mm -hmm. and these children that are given up for adoption, you know, get to meet their birth parents yeah. and the, the connection that exists. And, oh, you didn't reject me. You didn't mm -hmm. give me up because you didn't want me. You, in your story, mm -hmm. all those things that made you want to keep him all began with mm -hmm. I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. just love that. And I just have this dream that, that the producers of that TV show are going to call you. <laughs> and because That'd you're be on great. the Glomuskegon podcast, <laughs> it's going to get through the airwaves. Sure. And some, what, okay, yeah. what's Eric's birth date? His name's uh, probably not Eric anymore. Right. But his, he was born in Muskegon, Michigan on? On August 31st, 1985. August 31st, 1985. I think we have yes. a viewer or a, a listener for, on Facebook Live that would like to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. So Jackie McLean wants to know, have you looked for him online? Uh, I don't have any information to use to look for him online besides that. And um, I cannot access his records um, because of it being a closed adoption. So it has to be on his end. You did find out one little piece of information about a city, right? Uh, no, I, I don't know what city he's in. I know he has a sister. Um, for the first two years uh, after he was born, I was able to communicate with his birth parents and um, write letters um, back and forth occasionally through Bethany. And I don't, I don't really know how they do all of that now, but it, w it was a great process and get pictures and different things like that. So, really? And you uh -huh. still have those pictures? I do, yes, yes. <gasps> I didn't know yep. that. So, um, uh, but anyway, so no, I have not. Um, I guess I don't really know how I would go about doing that at this point in okay, time. What was, just, what was it that I heard about Lansing? Lansing is, where is, Bethany was. No, Lansing is where all of the adoption records are kept at the, oh, at the oh, state oh. capitol. So um, and closed adoptions, I'm going to guess um, before they open adoptions were legal. All the records for that are kept in Lansing. And so um, the way that this adoption is set up, Eric could um, 
that my records are open records, so he could go and ask to see those records and find out where I live, and I keep them updated with yeah. where my current address is and stuff. So, and, it, yeah. and it could be we understand that he has a wonderful, happy life and has yes. no curiosity. Yes. And, you know, and I, I, okay. have, I have some um, friends who uh, have adopted also a, a son and daughter, and one of their, um, their daughter never had any... Um, desire to find her birth parents or anything like that and their son did and found his birth mom so and they're both wonderful kids happy grown-up adults and so um, I don't necessarily think that uh, well, let me put it this way it's easy for me to believe that um, him not trying to find me is could be because he doesn't really have a need to find me in his life because his life is already healthy mm -hmm. and and uh, he has loving family around him and and that's how I choose to look at it you know <laughs> why not <laughs> okay August 31st 1985. <laughs> her maiden name is Paulson. Anne Marie Paulson if anybody has any information about a young man of 31 that was adopted with that birth date uh, contact us through <laughs> info at org or contact wow. Lisa Enders. Wow, that's a microphone. <laughs> or anybody on the leadership team. Now, listen, if you can relate to this story, if you've experienced anything like teen pregnancy or anything in your past that has limited you from walking in your true potential with God, and walking in your true identity. I, I want you to know that God has plans for a hope mm -hmm. and a future for you. And your past does not ever need to identify, or uh, uh, what do you call it? Define. Define, define mm -hmm. your future. So also, I want you to know if you are in a situation where you think you might be pregnant, there is an organization in Muskegon called Muskegon Pregnancy Services, and you can reach them at 231-726-2677 or on the website at muskegonpregnancyservices.org. And not only can they help you if you are pregnant and don't know what to do, but if you have had an abortion and you are suffering and uh, can't handle emotionally the things that are happening afterwards we want you to know that there is grace and forgiveness for you and they can help they have a support system there so contact them contact us and we'll put you with them well Amory, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story I just know that it is really going to resonate and there are going to be people that are, are and you know if anybody has questions I'd be happy to answer them it, you know I'm not, I cry sometimes, but I'm certainly not um, unwilling to talk about it or anything. It's not, I, I love Eric and I love God and God's going to work it all out. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, I, I just can't wait for this miraculous Yeah, <laughs> me either. <laughs> hey, whether it's on this side or on it's the other happen. side, I'm going to pay attention. Yeah. And our next podcast is uh, coming up, I think it is uh, May 13th. Our next guest is going to be Shablia Hudgens, and Shablia is a young woman who has survived and faced breast cancer, and we're going to be t 
talking to her and um, finding out how God brought her through that. So we want to see you next time on the Aglow Muskegon podcast. Talk to you later.